um, I can't even, um, I'm just a normal guy. I'm just really normal. I was thinking this morning that, uh, well, when you're normal, you can kind of do anything. When you're normal, you can do anything. That's what I was thinking this morning. You know what I was thinking this morning? Is that if you're normal, you can do anything. Uh, if you're normal, just think about some stranger in your life or like one of your neighbors that you've never talked to and you just see them... <laughs> or just somebody that you never talked to and you just see them leave and go back into their apartment or their house and they're going about their business and to you... All that they are is normal, and basically that person gets to do whatever they want as far as you're concerned, and you'll just be like, yeah, that's that's just a normal thing. That's just a normal response coming from a normal guy, like any information you hear about this person. Like something you hear about a stranger up front, you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt in most cases, like as long as you're a person... Like, you assume people you don't know to be normal, unless you're a crazy person. Then you, if you're a crazy person, you assume people you don't know to be crazy, probably. Uh, generally, you look at people you don't know and you're like, well, they could be capable of anything. Like, if you talk to them and they told you what their job was, are you going to be surprised by it? No. And it could be one of a billion jobs and you're like oh yeah yeah i guess i could see you doing that somebody that you don't know anything about they're normal they're normal to you and a normal person gets to do whatever they want like if you could view yourself as being just a stranger to other people and that's how you view yourself it's just that like you don't really ever get to view yourself as normal because you know too much about yourself you don't know things it's only the the most normalcy you get to read into a person is somebody that you don't know because they're capable of anything. Somebody like yourself that you know the most about, uh, you you don't, I don't know, to some extent you don't see yourself as capable of doing anything possible. Like you, you know yourself so you know your limits. Like you just, you've mapped out what you do so you don't really... You would be less likely as you'd be less likely able to see yourself as normal in front of other people, but like a normal, um, I want to be normal. Like what, what happens when I want to be normal? Okay. Uh, if you break from being special, like, is it that simple? What happens when you break from being special? That's what I'm thinking about sometimes, like over the past couple weeks if you're just uh first of all it seems like if you uh if you want to know whether or not you're behind an idea or ahead of an idea like if you have power over an idea or an idea has power over you you would know that you have power over it to some extent if you're able to call it out for what it is like if you can call specialness or like a propensity um, an affinity for being different from other people, like uh, making yourself unique in lots of situations so that you're different from other people. Like you see yourself as different. You have an affinity for trying to be different. Uh, you can uh, you can break from that by 
not defining yourself that way, which would be the same as calling out differentness for what it is or like being able to speak truth about the idea as a whole, uh, like meaning that you're able to you're able to call it out rather than that you're subject to it. Like you, you get to speak on it as if you have some sort of authority on it. You don't speak on, you wouldn't speak on your affinity for being different if you were always different and then you made no attempt to then try to be more normal where you recognize yourself as consistently different from other people. Like uh, if you, if you, if you recognize that, uh, special yeah 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 like if you always try to be special and you recognize that and then you call out specialness for what it is like the i did an episode where i was talking about an affinity i have for trying to be special in multiple situations and uh so it's like at the point that i recognize that and i'm trying to be above it like be something that isn't that which when you're not special, then you're normal. Like if, as long as I'm progressing towards, uh, like normalcy or trying to be consistent around other people or just progressing towards not having to see myself as special all the time, uh, you, that's just me saying that I have the authority over specialness enough to not like, I'm not subjected to it anymore. I have some authority over it so that I'm outside of its authority. And uh, that's how you know you're you're above an idea is when you get to, is when you know truths about it that you can just speak to, uh, you know, that's when you know you're outside of it, when you view it as an object, like when it's just an object to you rather than uh, this chaotic authority that you're subjected to. Like once you see it as an object that simplifies it, but you seeing it as an object is evidenced by you talking about it. Like you're, you talking about something means that you, I mean, talking about it to a great enough degree, but, um, but yeah. Do you like that expose that I gave on opposition? If you're a regular listener, uh, wasn't that heartrending? Wasn't that just pulp pounding, whatever you call it, pulse pounding? Wasn't that a pulse pounding experience that expose I gave on opposition? I feel like I had a couple like uh, more. I had a more energy in the episodes previous to that, and then I'm like, oh, you know what would help as long as I'm gaining momentum and energy uh, if I if I did an opposition episode that consisted of me talking about theory that's specific to me for an hour, I felt that that would be the best move. Um, because you don't want to, you don't want to get people like if people start thinking that you are, that you're capable of higher levels of energy, they're just going to start expecting that out of you. And it's just have lower expectations. Don't sell yourself. Don't try to be anything because people will just be disappointed in you. So don't maintain what you are if what you are means that you'll have to maintain that always because then people are going to expect that out of you. And um, it's always better to take a step back and sell yourself short and um, make confuse people as to what you are. Uh, make people guess always and never feel any human connection always live in fear of disappointment 
isn't that what this is all about? Isn't that what life is about? As far as I know. Um, first of all, let me tell you this. I was at a Little Caesars recently. Do I go to Little Caesars that often? No. No, I don't. Especially not the ones around here because for whatever reason, any Little Caesars I go to around here, the workers have no understanding of Little Caesars and what Little Caesars stands for. They don't understand its significance in the world, what its value is, or the like, they don't understand basically what its business model is because when I go into like the last couple Little Caesars I've gone into, the there's no pizzas ready and the name of their primary selling product is called a hot and ready and yet every time i go into a little caesar's there's nothing ready about it hot yeah because they just make it after me waiting for 10 minutes but the whole problem is that if you're in a little caesar's and waiting for 10 minutes you are an idiot it's not just that you feel like an idiot you just you are an idiot for having made a series of decisions that led up to you waiting in a Little Caesars. Because if you're going to wait for pizza, you're not going to go to Little Caesars, is what the workers don't understand. Um, I went into one a few months ago, and they not only didn't have pizza ready, but the worker was that I talked to was like, oh, it's, it's going to be like a 10 to 15 minute wait. We've been really busy. Like, uh, like they were really swamped with work and it was really hilarious that they were, it was really hilarious that they were unable to do their job and, uh, execute on, execute on the Little Caesars business model. But it's just like, why didn't they execute on the Little Caesars business model? I'm just saying that if you are ever waiting in a Little Caesars, you've made a, the wrong decision and you have to live with that decision the entire time you're waiting and you feel very stupid. And the stupidity you feel is not Little Caesars fault. It's your fault. Uh, especially when you know, when you recognize that certain Little Caesars have a pattern of not, of not knowing what their value is in the world. The entire reason you're Little Caesars, like you're not Papa John's. You, I'm not going to I'm not going to go in, request a pizza, and then wait. Like, uh, obviously, obviously, it's $5. It's, your pizza is $5. If you're Papa John's, no. If you're Little Caesars, uh, you get to exist and have value in the world as long as you make a pizza that is as good, generally, as one of the three main chains, which are Pizza Hut, Domino's, and... Papa John's. If your pizza is comparable to any one of those pizzas, uh, and so we'll say Pizza Hut because that's probably the worst of the three. Uh, if Little Caesars, you make a pizza that's generally as good as a Pizza Hut pizza, you've done your job, you can exist in the world because you're selling that same pizza for $5. And they make a pizza that is comparable to Pizza Hut. And um, you go in, the only reason you go there is because you can get that thing and walk right out. It's hot and ready. You just walk in and walk out. That's the only reason you ever end up at a Little, little Caesars. And um, so I walked into a Little Caesars recently, and I feel like as I was walking into it, I could see that their oven that they store all those pizzas in, they're hot 
their hot holder, whatever, their oven that they stack those pizzas vertically that you can see the pizzas. I could see through the window that it was empty. So I knew I was making a mistake as I was walking in. And I was like, oh, just one pepperoni at the cash register. And she's like, oh, well, it's going to be about a five to 10 minute wait. Are you all right with that? And I hesitated for a split second. And I was like, yeah. I hesitated for a split second. There was just a hint of a hint of um, angst in my voice, and to that, there's just a hint of angst in my voice. And then she looked at me like she was about to challenge me to a DJ off, and like that's the amount of aggression that she had in her in the look that she was giving to me. Um, she looked right at me. She looked exact. She looked right in my eyes when I said that. I was like, uh, "Yeah, maybe." I was like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Oh!" Like she had this sudden moment of hesitation. She looked right at me, and she had just, just a hint of uh, an eyebrow movement that is like uh, indicative of some sort of challenge. I. Th- it looked like she was challenging. She was about to challenge me to a DJ off. And she looked at me, she's like, You got do you bring your turntables? If they're in your car, you better go get them because this shit's about to shit's about to fucking go down. You better get your turntables out of your car. This is gonna make or break you this moment right here. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll get my turntables, I'll be right back. No, but actually what happened was I just waited for the pizza like a moron. Um and then some other guy walked in while I was waiting. He just walked in, didn't go to the register, or didn't go up to the counter, and uh, was like, hey, sticks and dip. And she was like, oh, that's going to be a five to ten minute wait. Are you all right with that? And he just grumbled and walked out. And then she looked at him with the same like hesitation, like shocked that anybody didn't want to wait for Little Caesar's pizza or Little Caesar's sticks and dip. And she looked at him with that same hesitation, like she was shocked, like she had to stop for a minute for a minute and consider why people were reacting this way. And then she went back in the the oven area to make some of the pizzas or whatever. And uh, it just goes to show that like like she's acting like that doesn't happen to her 20 times a day. Um, so she's just living in denial, but that denial causes her to challenge people to DJ offs and there's not anything you can do about that. Um, so yeah, I got, what I did was I went and got my turntables out of my trunk where they are. Um, I keep them where the, where I, you would normally keep a spare tire, you know, under the trunk where there's like a secret compartment in your trunk. Um, I keep my turntables there and then I went and did the challenge and I lost and uh, but it wasn't it was only slightly humiliating and she was a really good sport about it and we had a good laugh afterwards um and um but and then i brought a then i brought home a little caesar's pizza so that's what happened this this time around i went into a little caesar's is that all right um yeah you just got to be normal just be normal except that well you can't declare yourself to be normal 
because that's weird. Hi, I'm normal. You can't go to other people and declare yourself to be normal. But um, the difference in between being consistent and being special, like imagine if you're just somebody who's consistent. If you're somebody who's consistent, you can do anything is what I'm saying. You can be a lunatic if you're normal, as long as you're normal. You're like, well, it doesn't matter because I'm normal. Well, I do maintain normalcy. I'm a normal guy. Like you're capable of anything as long as you to yourself are normal in every situation. Like if you're just, I'm a normal guy. If you get to that place where you don't have to feel peculiar and different around other people, then what am I supposed to think about what is possible on the earth? Anything is possible. If I'm just a normal guy, I can say anything. Oh, well, that's just because I'm, because I'm normal. Like it goes back to that I'm normal. So ultimately it doesn't, doesn't matter that an abnormal thing would happen in my life. You're like, oh, I woke up at four in the morning this morning. And that was when I woke up and then I just went about my day from there. It wasn't normal, but I'm normal, so it was just something that happened to me as being a normal guy. It wasn't a normal event. It's not normal that I wake up at four in the morning. That's not normal for anybody most of the time. Uh, but there's, but I, like I'm normal, so it's just like things like that happen to me. Um, yeah, as long as I'm being normal, I'm just you can do whatever you want. Like I'm gonna go if I want to. I'm gonna go out in the middle of a busy highway and pretend to be a fire hydrant. And, but it's like, then I stop doing that after an hour or so, and then just go about my normal life because I'm a normal guy. Everything else about me is consistent. I do a consistent routine otherwise, but just once in my life, I do that for an hour. And then there's other abnormal events like, uh, similar to that, that I carry out at different times. And they're just anomalies, uh, in what is otherwise a normal life carried out by a normal guy. Uh, I... I'm a normal guy if I go and pretend to be a tree and yell, tree for me, tree for me, um, at cars that pass me on the highway. That's a normal guy. And as long as I can, like, you can be a lunatic as long as you're normal. Like, I go to the rest of my life, I just maintain consistency about myself so that other people know who I am. And I'm just like, yeah, that happened. I can even tell people that that happened to me, but it's just like one crazy things happen and maybe I'm embarrassed about it, but it's just like, it's just whatever. That's just part of my normal life. I'm already normal. I'm capable of anything. Like as long as you're normal, if you're normal, you can just do whatever you want. And what you want is already normal. Like if you get to a place where you just understand your wants to be normal, I'm saying would be a break from being somebody who would uh, have to be special all the time because that's somebody who your wants are not normal. Your wants are too fascinating to people. So you don't really get to do them. Like you, if you're special all the time, then you doing normal things, you doing normal things is too much of an affront to other people's senses. And so, but if you're, if you just are already normal, you can carry out, you can do anything and realize that it's not like surprising to anybody. Uh, but to some extent, that is how people view you is what I'm saying. Like, as long as you're a stranger to them to somewhat like 
people don't know what you're capable of, what you're about to do. You could do anything as motivated by anything because they don't know your motivations. As long as you maintain like, well, I'm normal. Like you trust yourself. You like you uh, maintain some amount of confidence and charisma in your daily life. Like people know that it's based in something you can do anything like what am i supposed to do but but what am i supposed to do with that information if i'm just like because being normal is normal most people are normal <laughs> most people are regular consistent they just are something rather than that they have to be uh, mysterious and confusing all the time unknown caller. oh good an unknown caller i love receiving unknown calls they are uh, very whimsical and um, fun. It's very fun to receive unknown calls from unknown callers. That is a desire of mine to receive that. No, not really. Um, yeah, it's just that most people are normal. So what am I supposed to do? Like, uh, I become normal like, well, I'm a normal guy. If you really have that realization, it just makes it so that you can say anything to anybody and you don't care. I'm just talking about a that kind of worryless existence where you don't have like any sort of social anxiety. That's more. That's just the idea I'm describing, rather rather than normalcy itself. Because what do you what would you describe as normal? It's just kind of subjective. But I'm just describing. I'm just describing you get to a place you don't worry, you have no social anxiety, that's just you are, well, I'm already normal, so it doesn't matter anything I do or say, people are, have to accept it because they don't know what my motivations are. Uh, no, people have to, but, like, you can be a lunatic, like, any math professor that you're like, oh, he's a crazy math professor, he's a crazy science professor, he just says uncanny thing unorthodox things all the time and it's you can't even pin down what the hell he's saying like he's too smart to even relate his conversation to his audience that's how crazy he is he's off in his own world reality is his own it doesn't he doesn't even have to equate it with anybody else's because he's a crazy professor but that's what we know him to be we already know him to be crazy like that guy gets that guy is normal to people for being a crazy professor. We're like, well, we understand we can accept the idea of a crazy professor, so that's that's really normal. So like a crazy professor can just say anything, any dumb thing and you are you give him credit for it cuz you're like, oh, he has the credentials to be that much of a lunatic. So and I guess you can do that with somebody that you say is more intelligent than you anytime you're like that person's so smart that it doesn't they just can say stupid things when it's like when it's like uh what when it's like how is it like that when it's like um but think about you think about you being you are consistent i'm consistent i'm just a consistent guy like, if you're consistently something, that's what makes it normal to be a crazy professor is because he's consistently that. He shows up and delivers on crazy professor every single lecture. Like, he's consistently that. It's Consistency is kind of in direct opposition to... Consistency is in direct opposition to uh, always having to be peculiar or special because consistency gives people a pattern 
that they can uh, that they can derive information from about you. Uh, like consistent, you you do something that is what is you being an identity, but it's sacrifice. You know, it would be you would have to endure a certain amount of sacrifice in order to be somebody who gets to say that they're normal in any situation. And the sacrifice you make in order to say that is, for one, the sacrifice of not being special all the time. Like, oh, I'm not necessarily always different. There's just regular things about me. That's a sacrifice you make. And also it's the sacrifice of you being something consistently so that people can find a pattern in you so that you can be definable to people so that they have something over you. That's the sacrifice you make in being something that people can see. But like the reward is yours because uh, the reward is yours because once you are sellable to people, it gives you the freedom to operate within a within whatever that is and you can be anything but i mean you have to be whatever you have to be like the sacrifice you make is that you maintain an identity maintaining an identity is the is the consistency that i'm talking about because people can always call you that identity and that's like the pattern that other people would see in you it's like oh you're always this and so it takes sacrifice to always be something, meaning, or in other words, to be consistent and not always be special. It takes sacrifice to be something consistently. Uh, yes, it would take sacrifice to do that. It would be impulsive to... It would be impulsive to just sit at your own home and think about yourself all the time. That would be impulsive and self-gratifying. What would be more patient or sacrificial or time-consuming is if you went and is if you went out and saw other people and communed with them or exchanged information and listened to other people and heard what they had to say so that you so that they benefited from your presence so that it wasn't just you that benefited from your set of activities in a given day other people benefit from your activities if you see other people and listen to them and exchange information with them like you share yourself with them or you aim to be more connected with people as opposed to separated like you aim to be more connected with people so it's like it's not like nor being normal is you being more connected with people, but uh, but uh, yeah, but I guess I'm saying that it is. It's you being normal that allows you to be connected to people because they can because they don't have to attribute attribute you some status that is not equal to theirs, some higher or lower status, but usually like they don't have to try to attribute you some higher status because you maintain some higher status or maintain some sort of authority it makes you more it makes you more common to people the more normal you are the more normal you are is the more that you relate yourself but it takes it takes effort to relate to yourself uh, meaning that you try to speak in somebody else's language or get uh, try to understand where somebody else is coming from. It takes effort to do that. It takes effort to uh, be on the same plane with somebody else so as to figure out what they want or uh, or like be in their reality as opposed to just in yours, like uh, be on the same plane as them. It takes effort to do that or sacrifice or 
or an attempt at being relational and it has to do with you just being normal but it has to do with you being normal but you have to be consistent you have to be normal you have to be consistent you have to do it you have to be that but what at the point that i'm normal i can just do anything because there's not uh well why why does it give you the freedom to like you can just be anything as long as you know that people understand it or if you think that other people understand it and you're like, well, I'm normal, so other people do understand it. I mean, not that you actually know what other people understand. It's just that it's better to go about things like, I'm normal. So that's what you know. That's what it's, that's what it's all been about. Um... Did you know that I live this life? Do you know that I live this life? That I am this? Do you know that I live this life? It's better... Well, you can just be a person. Anyway. Yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. 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 Y-A-D-A. YOLO. You always die. Always. Yada. You always die. Always. It's the yada generation. They're stuck in their yada. You always die, always. Yada. Just tired of this nihilistic yada generation. All they do is YOLO around yadaing wherever they want to. All it is is a big Yodo, Yoda fest. It's just like all it is is these Yoda people. You only die after. You only don't. <laughs> you only don't. M, you only, you only do, actually, you only die, actually, Yoda, you only die, actually, this Yoda generation is just, they don't even care, they're so vapid, they just superficially live once, or whatever it is, I don't know what this Yoda generation is doing, well, I guess people don't really say YOLO anymore, do they? Forget about that. It's a pretty millennial. Like, they attribute that to millennials YOLO, and they don't attribute it to Generation Z. It's kind of funny that... It's kind of funny that millennials, you just get shit on for being a millennial. But Generation Z, it's like, oh, what is this generation? It's so mysterious. What, What's so special about this Generation Z? Why are they peculiar? Like, we're interested... Everybody's interested in Generation Z. Everybody hates millennials <laughs> and knows what they are, apparently. Everybody hates millennials. There's the common one at this moment is, oh, millennials like adulting or that the idea of adulting is attributed to millennials because adulting is nauseating to most people, like that people would... F would uh, like to identify themselves with that. Like, there's this idea going around that millennials like to identify themselves with adulting, which I think used to be true. But it's also just an it's also just an advertising campaign forced on millennials by older generations that try to relate would try to relate to millennials, and they're using adulting to get near and dear to their heart. Like the idea of oh, you're an adult, and like. Um, 
it's so strange to be an adult. We're adulting like that, that struck a chord for millennials, actually for some of them. And so to me, the marketing campaign is more like the silliness of a marketing campaign that tries to appeal to millennials is really the defining quality of that idea more so than that anybody actually likes it. It's just kind of a joke anyway. Uh, but I don't say that to defend millennials. You don't need to defend. You don't need to defend a millennial. Uh, they they exist to get shit on. Like, there's no point in defending it. I don't. Like, there's probably a lot of millennials that are like, well, I'm kind of like a Generation Z, just so that they can be likable. Um, Generation Z is more nihilistic, apparently. Or is at least one of the things that you'd use to describe them. But you'd call you call Generation Generation Z if they are more nihilistic. It's just because of a it's because of a response to a, to older generations that don't allow nihilism or don't allow cynicism. Say that that's what you can't be because that's the way that things evolve. That's the way that new things come about. Uh, um, in a lot of ways, like music evolves. Uh, like this latest generation of rap, SoundCloud rap, uh, a lot of it is trap. Not all of it is trap. Trap is a name for, like, trap is a genre that would cover a lot of SoundCloud rap, but it's not, not all of it. You would more call, you would more try to identify SoundCloud rap just by calling it SoundCloud rap or trap music or mumble rap. But I don't think anybody who's actually a mumble rapper would call it mumble rap. But anyways, that like SoundCloud rap uh, or like the last decade of rap is evolved in response to what previous music said you couldn't do with music, which is always how music evolves generally. Like pop really stupid pop music manufactured of like the early 2000s probably came about because people said that music can't be that and so there's a lot of people that live in hatred for that kind of vapid pop music but like soundcloud rap of the last 10 years is uh like it's in response to younger it's in response to previous generations of music that said that music can't be mindless and repetitive um mindless and repetitive or have words that don't mean anything you know uh it can't be repetitive it has to have a structure to it like it has to popular music from the year 2000 to 2010 had more of a structure to it like top 40 radio is a more definable formula for the songs that were coming down the pipeline and appearing on top 40 radio the formula was more definable uh and because music was known to be more structured and like have a verse chorus or verse pre-chorus chorus and as long as any time that anybody points out the structure of it then the structure evolves to include some other element so that it is evolving to be something else because the music is only popular if it's new Uh, And it has to be new and what makes it new is that people start to point out the existing format and then Therefore don't it's not interesting to hear that format anymore and then people 
uh, in creating popular music, add new elements into it or whatever, change the instrumentation or the rhythm or change the percussion or, or anything like that. Uh, they, they change something about it. Um, trap music is trap music itself is a is a genre created from a deviation in percussion primarily it's the it's the percussion element of it that defines the trap genre as is in a lot of cases it is an is a deviation off of existing percussion that creates a new genre it's the percussion is maybe the biggest contributing factor to the creation of any new genre is like a change in percussion um yeah yeah definitely like when the beatles came about the probably the most interesting facet of it was well it was just the layout of the band but uh the drummer that the drummer is a featured part of it because in the 50s when it was like big band and swing you had a drummer but they were just like a back they're just instrumentation for whoever the lead was or or the act was all instrumentation like it was more of an orchestra like if it's big band and swing then uh, the drummer is just a part of it but the idea that a drummer is just a is a featured musician alongside a lead guitar or lead vocalist is kind of part of what is introduced to people with the Beatles uh, but it's like a it's a change in percussion it, like a more in that case a more upfront like percussion is more featured uh just that the spotlight is on it is the change of percussion in that sense but as far as trap music is concerned um it's primarily an, ev an evolution of percussion is what defines the genre because the genre is defined by uh like tick 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 the the genre is defined by like a hi-hat that you hit really frequently so it's like uh instead not a snare drum or a bass drum not a clap or a like not a snare drum not a clap or a kick uh just the tick 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 part of the song like that that tick 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 happens really fast is trap music but it's like a it's meant to simulate somebody hitting a hi-hat really quickly and then they not only hit the hi-hat at a faster rate, but then they double time the rate that they're hitting the hi-hat so that the tick, tick, tick doubles in speed at certain points in, this, in the song or certain points in the overall beat so that the tick, tick, tick doubles or triples in speed. Uh, that's an interesting sound for people to hear, but is the percussion that's definitive of trap music is what defines trap music. And like you would, as long as you're actually going to go by the definition now, it's, uh, it's kind of amorphous. You could, def you could call a lot of things trap music, but if you're just going by the definition, you're considering that it began with, it began with shoddy red, uh, as a producer of it primarily, but the main lead person that began trap music is ti and he actually made an album in 2003 called trap music i think and it featured all the same uh percussion the percussion elements that i just described to you with a fast ticking hi-hat and uh, just so you know that's technically where trap music originates i don't like you say that 
people say that Shoddy Red originated it, and maybe he was just the producer for T.I.'s album. Or maybe he made his own. I think he was a producer, though, rather than he was a front. He was a leading. That he was a front man. But, yeah, I'm saying that trap music or, like, rap of the last 10 years evolved that way because it it's, like, it's more mindless and repetitive. They just have songs where they're, like, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, over and over again. They just say the same words because that's just what that generation likes. They like the repetitiveness of it, but it's more mindless. It's more mindless in the, in the way that, like, Nirvana was more, was relatively more mindless rock and roll when Nirvana came out with all of their shit like it was just uh, is more purposeless nirvana's music but it's meant to communicate uh it's just it's meant to be sold to a generation that doesn't care about uh their appearance really that doesn't care about their appearance or that they would sound grungy or sound or look grungy is part of the appeal of nirvana or why they're so popular is because it appealed to a generation that wanted to communicate that they didn't care and uh, that's kind of like the rap of the last 10 years does something similar for rap music that Nirvana did for rock and roll because it is, uh, it's mindless and repetitive, but like uh, it's more, it's vibey. It's more of a vibe and you don't have to, you don't have to think about it. Like the lyrics aren't complicated. Nobody's trying to do a whole lot. It's easier you would almost consider it lazier because the songs that people put out for uh for mumble rap are uh they're less complicated in a lot of ways but the lyrics are just nonsense most of the time but that's just because that's just in response to music that puts so much into lyrics by the time you got to the 2010 to 2015 era of top 40 music uh, people were really concerned with the lyrics because that's what the music had evolved to put the spotlight on. At that time, people started to be really concerned with the lyrics because, um, but I mean, I guess it's kind of a, that's kind of a Taylor Swift influenced thing because Taylor Swift's lyrics are more lyrical and also she's a popular artist. So she kind of she helped to usher in an era where top 40 was concerned with lyrics because of the because her lyrics were more edgy or uh in lyrical their the lyrical content was deeper like there is more effort made for that uh but then around the year 2015 top 40 just lost its identity entirely so that at this point if you listen if you listen to top 40 music now they don't even have any grasp on what's popular what's actually popular to younger people is not going to be played on top 40 radios now top 40 isn't able to capture that and even if they could they wouldn't get as a big enough audience off of it like they're they're incapable of reaching a younger audience is top 40 now and so they don't actually play stuff that is coming down the pipeline like brand new popular because they don't they don't have a grasp on it and the music industry doesn't really have a grasp on it uh the music industry doesn't have a grasp on making a formula for what's popular anymore it just doesn't exactly exist that way um because what is actually music that's actually popular is just has a smaller market so to speak or if it is popular, it's only popular for half a day. Uh, the actual music, top 10 music now is just generated, the popularity of it is generated on TikTok more than anywhere else. 
your popular songs are that's where you know popular songs are coming from or if people are making a song popular that's your top 40 radio now is uh uh songs that are trends or phenomenons on tiktok songs that are part of trends on tiktok is your modern day top 40 radio and and so and so um rap of the last 10 years evolved to say that yeah music can be repetitive and mindless uh because that's what that's what people were saying it couldn't be before and then older people then you're an older person because you're saying why is this music so repetitive and dumb like it's so repetitive well that just makes you an older person because you are it is that response to it that makes it popular to younger people because that's just how so music evolves like and i would say probably fashion evolves the same way like people just start wearing things that you weren't supposed to wear or that society was saying that you're not allowed to wear this uh because they are because you gravitate towards stuff that you are prohibited from doing to some extent is part of the reason but uh that is what is new is what's currently prohibited and new things do come about new trends do evolve new generations uh identify themselves in new ways uh new things are always happening there are different areas in humanity characterized by different trends and shit like that and that newness the way that it is unveiled the way that it happens actually is that uh people start gravitating towards what previously they what previously society said that they couldn't do is is what is what uh, develops a trend. Like, have you learned a thing? Has anybody even heard a thing that I was talking about? You're normal. If you're normal, you don't have to be special. If you're just normal and you get to be anything, then you just show up and you're like, oh, whatever, I'm just doing what I wanted. I can leave or show up whenever. I'm basically not even here. I'm just that, but that's, like I get to be that because you know that you know that I consistently want something so I'm just well like if you just if you don't have to be anything like if you don't make it so that you have to be anything then the expectations are off of you and you get to be normal but it's not so simple as that it's not so simple as just trying to declare yourself to be normal or make yourself think that you don't have to be try to make yourself think that uh you're not different from other people um, it's just like, like maybe one, maybe one day you get to a place where you don't have, you don't have to be anxious about anything. And like getting to that place is like, is, you know, that you're there because you get to dictate specialness to other people rather than that you ever have to be that. And so, or like you have some authority over it. And therefore, I mean that it's just, if you do get to the place, you have some authority over specialness then maybe that just makes you normal. And then what am I supposed to do if I'm normal? And then you just get to say anything if you're normal, but really you just get to be anything. If you really are normal, then you are what what you see in a stranger. Like you are that, if that's really what you get to be. Like you technically are that to other people, really. Other people see you and they're not like, other people aren't allowed to be surprised by what you do. You can just do 
you can do anything. Other people aren't allowed to be like, oh, you can't do that or want that or do this as a result of being motivated, like in this direction. You can just be any sort of thing. You can be any sort of thing if it gets to the point that you're normal. Like, just watch out for the pervasive normalness of in society. There's some. Um, you never know if you never know if the people around you are going to start being normal. I mean, you never know if you never know when normalness is going to creep up on you, and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's normal. You never know when normalness strikes. That's how hidden it is. Like the devil. The greatest trick that the devil pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist, you know? It's that kind of thing. That's what normalcy does. The greatest trick that normalcy did was it told you that it's not real. But what if every what if what if you just got to be as normal as you seeing somebody else to be normal? What if you got all the benefits of the doubt that you give to somebody who you don't even know that you would not be surprised by whatever they are because you know nothing about them like somebody who has a blank slate that they could be anything what if you were that like uh what if you can't just be that though like that's not realistic like do people actually people actually walk around that way you know do people actually walk around that way but they do but they do walk around that way people do walk around without social anxiety they walk around like Hi, I'm normal. Like I just do. I just go to and fro based on what I wanted. My body is taking me over here now, and now I wasn't here. And you don't even like uh, that's just the way that people are. And it's really just it's really just you can do whatever the hell. And to some extent, you would refrain from being normal because you you don't believe in the untethered nature of it. Like. It would be hard to accept that you could just do whatever you wanted if you have lived your entire life thinking that you have to control and you have to control your wants. If you lived your entire life saying that your wants need to have a certain place and time, you know, if that's what you thought, then it would be hard to accept that uh, you could just live as if your wants didn't need to be definable to anybody because you do, if you lived as if uh, you did undefinable things, you know, rather than that everything you did had to have a time and place that was, uh, that, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying, uh, because now I'm kind of saying something contradictory. Like if you had, like your wants, if you thought that your wants had to be known to other people. Well, I mean, it's already contradictory what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you're normal, you get to be a lunatic. But you, uh, if you're normal, then you just get to be a lunatic. But you're never not normal, you know, because you're just living a normal life. Anything you do, as long as you are normal, you're like, well, I'm normal. So it doesn't, even if I did something crazy, it doesn't mean anything. Like, uh, you are you are embarrassed if you're normal. You just are embarrassed. That's another thing that I'm saying. You get to live in embarrassment if you're normal. You are. You get to be embarrassed. Like it is embarrassing what you do. As long as people get to see what you are, you sharing yourself with other people is embarrassing. Uh, it is embarrassing. You lived like. Well, I am embarrassed. It doesn't matter if you weren't embarrassed by anything so that 
things that you say don't get back to you and aren't embarrassing to you, don't reflect poorly on you. If you're just like, well, it doesn't reflect poorly on me because I'm already normal. I can do any embarrassing thing. Any embarrassing thing can happen to me in front of lots of people, but uh, I'm normal. So it's not like that embarrassing thing that happened was out of the realm of reality. So I'm still a person. Like that's what you get afraid of with embarrassment is that uh, like when you get embarrassed around another person or other people like point out something that you do that's different from other people and that therefore you should be embarrassed by that, that's you being afraid that you don't even, you don't match up with reality and therefore have no place in it or you don't have the ability to be identified the same way other people are. You aren't equal with other people because you exist outside of reality so much because you're too different. You're so different that you you're so different that you give off these instances or you your actions are not definable to other people and like they they point them out as weird like if you're really embarrassed about something or it's like something you want to change then it's it's because you think you don't match up with other people or whatever but if you but that's just you going into if you get embarrassed that's you making yourself more special than you actually are to some extent, like if you're going into embarrassment, it's not really like that. It's not, I wouldn't be so cynical as to say the emotional aspect of it is that because you are actually embarrassed and when you are embarrassed and it's embarrassing and it doesn't feel good the same way anxiety doesn't feel good. And that when you, same way that you feel dumb, uh, when there's things that you can't explain (laughs) about you in relation to other people, and ways that you feel inadequate towards other people like those things are embarrassing but if you were um if you weren't embarrassed if you were normal you would never be inadequate about anything everything you say is adequate to any situation it's just like that your adequacy is tenfold as long as you already know that you're normal anything that you do but i'm saying that's kind of like a mindset that you can take on and isn't it extraordinary that you can just take on that mindset it seems like an extraordinary mindset it would be to me that you could just be normal you could consider yourself that in any situation so that everything you say is already adequate because people just respect you to be a person already or whatever it is uh that seems uh out of this world but it is actually what that's that's what's expected of you actually like you actually get to be normal to and fro from your because of your wants whatever it is you do you know and that you you if you do something embarrassing that that would normally be embarrassing to you unless you were like well everything i do is already fine so there's nothing in, then you are just uh you don't care about embarrassment meaning that you are okay with all kinds of embarrassment if you are totally if you're totally normal like utopian absolute normalness means that you are you are above embarrassment really because you don't care about the normalcy of your action like you don't care about your actions you just deem all your actions to be normal it would be you deeming an action of yours abnormal is the only place where you would be embarrassed is if you had an action that was abnormal or not explainable to people not consistent in your mind to other people like if you did things that were inconsistent uh if you do things it's just but i'm explaining two halves of a two halves of it 
or two sides of the argument. Like one side of it is specialness, specialness characterized by inconsistency, inconsistency, inadequacy, uh, to some extent, inadequacy. Like you don't, you wouldn't feel normal or regular or consistent around other people is why you would feel different from them. But like, it's kind of embarrassing to be different from other people just in and of itself. It's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing to be separated. But like you're separate, the more abnormal that you are, the more that people aren't like, oh, that guy's normal. But what I'm saying is you could just have a mindset where you're normal and it seems kind of horrifying to me that you could have that mindset because to me it kind of just makes it like, oh, you can do anything now at the point that you're normal. It's just that it doesn't come without sacrifices to be normal because in order to be normal, you have to take the responsibility of not being special, meaning that, I don't know, Maybe it's just that it means that you understand yourself to be whatever I'm saying is actually just a bunch of nonsense. I'm just I'm just saying an argument that I'm having in my mind or something like that, like normalcy. If you are normal, if you're normal, you get to no, like if you have the confidence that you're normal, then that means that you can do any dumb thing. It's just a, it's just your fear of being abnormal is what causes you to do abnormal things a lot of the time. Like you kind of you kind of gravitate towards that as long as you're saying that you aren't normal. You uh you are saying that you're abnormal, you know. You're gravitating away from normalcy as long as you say that you're not normal. If you're like in your head you're like nobody understands me or like I'm always different in whatever situation or I can never catch a break in every situation or like I always fail at this point or I always screw up like you don't uh or like you you're inadequate in some area or like you're just always out of place or people never understand me or like this thing never works out or what I actually want never like I sound like a pastor or something if you're in a place where you're like what I actually want never happens like this is the thing I actually want and then it never transpires because that Things I actually want never come to me because I'm just cursed like that. Like if you're cursed like that because you're always different or special, like some special circumstance presents itself to you to alienate you from other people who don't have to deal with that special circumstance, then uh, then you're just then you're just living with you're living with that curse because you're feeding into it and saying that that's what's true about you and what defines you. You're saying that you're defined by a separate existence to some extent wherein you have to deal with these circumstances that other people don't have to deal with because their because their successes and failures are predicated on something other than something different than what mine are predicated on like for me, like if you're like for me, the world always operates to screw me over. It's <laughs> pretty easy mindset to do. You can go into that mindset whenever. I go in I go into it a few times a day, you know. You go into that mindset whenever. That's just like it's an important part of the story of your life is like is uh that mindset that the world is always um what unveiling itself like the world is always 
revealing itself to be a place that screws you over. Like if that's what you think, that's just something you have to deal with. You have to deal with, uh, you have to deal with thinking of yourself as a victim and, uh, trying to not think of yourself as a victim, you know? And like, if you always, if you always think that, then that's just you tending towards separation from people, like tending towards specialness or differentness. And, but the other side of it is, you're like, oh, I'm normal. Like, if you say that you're normal, then you don't have to deal with curses like that. I would say that the normalcy that I'm talking about, the idea of it is not characterized by that kind of curse or that kind of way that you say that you're different from people or uh, the fears you have in being inadequate. Like, normalcy is just characterized by... I mean, obviously, it's self-evident. Normalcy is just characterized by you feeling normal. But you wouldn't, as somebody who has an affinity for being special, want to be somebody who's normal because you're like, that's a normal person. How could they live with themselves for being normal? I'm better than that. I'm better than them. If you're special, you're better than people. Like, you want to maintain being better than people. Um, and I'm not even going to say there's necessarily anything wrong with that. There's just some people that think that they're better than other people, and you're like, I always want to be better. You don't think that you're better than other people? Then what's wrong with you is what a person better than other people would think, and they would look at normal people and be like, you, you're being, what are you being, equal with other people? Aren't you special? Don't you want to be special? If you, like, uh, so if you're somebody who has a, an affinity for being special, you don't, necessarily look at normal people positively and also you want to separate yourself from them by definition by what you are you're separating by being special like separateness don't you want separateness there are people on earth that should be separate or aim towards separateness or just always tend toward that or want that i guess that's what you describe with an introvert versus extrovert some people gain energy quote unquote by being alone uh, the introverts do with like those people aim to separate or those are like people who try to separate themselves rather than that they try to connect themselves with people which is an extrovert uh, but I wouldn't like you shouldn't get carried away calling yourself either one of those because I would consider myself to be an introvert but like I don't want to be alone does anybody want to be alone Sometimes introvert is a word that people, it's just an excuse that people use to be alone and not have to talk to people, you know, and you're like, well, I'm introverted, so I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave this party early or, you know, because you're like, that's what, it can be your excuse to not talk to people if you want it to be. Uh, so that's why I'm like, what, you gain energy? How do you gain energy from being alone? Does anybody really do that? Do you know what it means to gain energy? No, but you really do. Some people really do gain energy from being alone. Yeah, I would say that I'm one of them. I understand what that idea is. Like, I gain energy from being alone. But um, in another sense, there's a lot of energy I'm not gaining by being around somebody that's a different energy. It's probably a more powerful, useful, and influential energy if it's from somebody other than yourself. What energy do you gain when you're alone? What is the ceiling for that? Maybe you do gain energy, but it has a ceiling, right? Because energy that you just generate from yourself, like that's only one person. You could probably gather more energy and different kinds of it. If you connect yourself with more than one person, like 
You gain energy from being alone? How? What else in the universe gains energy from being alone? Do animals do that? Animals? What animal? Like, what animal separated from its pack is gaining energy? Like some animals, I guess there's certain kinds of animals that are more independent and then would just live alone. I'm not knocking the entire thing, but but what? Like I would say I gain energy when I'm alone, but also I don't want to be alone um, ever. Probably as a result of energy that I, probably as a result of greater levels of energy that I inherently want to gain. Uh, but if I tell myself I'm just an alone person, then I'm an alone person. I don't have to be around other people. I'm just, I just gain energy from being alone. I don't like, you could use that as an excuse as much as you want. And, but normalcy, what did I say about it? Maybe nothing. I don't know that I said anything significant. I'm just describing a mindset of like, if you're normal, if you're regulated, if you're regular, you have regular poop. Um, if you have regular poop, then you're normal. That's a normal guy. Like my poop is regular. It's regulated. It's governed. It's sectioned off consistently. It's parsed out evenly. It's distributed evenly. My poop is regular. It is evenly comes out of me in an even fashion, a timely fashion, it frequently it frequents itself the same amount of times every week. It's bi-weekly. I poop bi-weekly, but it's even. It's very regulate, very regular. Um, it's very consistent. Once uh, every Tuesday morning at ten thirty a.m. Uh, every other week, I poop and I have regular poop. It's very regulated. It's governed by a consistent pattern. Is my poop. Um, is my poop regular? Is my poop regular? Do I have lupus? Um, these are questions for your doctor. Is my poop regular? That's what you should say to your doctor next time. Um, you might have other concerns or whatever, other maladies like, oh, my, your knee isn't working or something. Uh, and you'll want to brief your doctor on those also. Uh, but you should get some insight from him about your poop. And to do that, you're just like, is my poop regular? Um, you say, is my poop regular to your doctor? You say, is my poop, you say, is my poop regular? You say, is my poop regular? You say, is my poop, my, you say, is my poop regular? Uh, that's one of the, that's a band that I'm starting. You say, is my poop regular? That's a band I want to start. Um, but if you want to clear it, you got to ask your doctor if your own poop is regular. Don't ask him about his. He's probably a regular guy. He's a doctor. That's a regular person. You're not necessarily regular. Well, that's that's part of what I'm saying too. It's like you don't necessarily you're not necessarily regular. You might be characterized by irregular poop uh, for one, but you just might be characterized by, ir by irregularity itself. And other people don't know that. If you're something like a doctor, you're already normal. And you get to do whatever the hell you want. But like, uh, if you're a doctor, you have to you have to stand by the guidelines of being a doctor. That's a sacrifice you make. You don't get to operate within a doctor and do anything you want. You have to 
go by the guidelines of being a doctor in order to maintain that identity so people recognize you as that. That's a sacrifice you make in the world to be anything at all. But it's kind of like that guy that's a doctor. He's like, well, I'm a doctor. He's somebody who has confidence in himself to be something at all. He's anchored himself in reality by declaring himself to be a doctor. He pursues that and contributes to that identity uh, like at least 40 hours every week, but probably more. And so, so he gets to be that. And therefore in the rest of his life, he's like, well, I'm already, I've already done the doctor thing. So I get to do whatever I want. I think the more that you get anxious is the more that you just say that everybody in the world has to be anxious or like, you're not even allowed to live a life where you have limited social anxiety so that you can just feel normal and do whatever the hell around anybody. Uh, you kind of tend towards saying that other people are anxious too, or just anxiety is the name of the game. So everybody is always uncomfortable around everybody. And so therefore they're really uncomfortable with the things that you do uh, or how awkward you're being because they sense awkwardness all the time or, or are already holding you to the standard of normalcy that you're not living up to. Like people, uh, I don't know, if you live in a world where you're always anxious, then you're kind of living in a world where... Uh, where anxiety is more expected of you and you expect it of other people for whatever reason. It's just like you're characterized by anxiety and it pervades your life to the extent that you you anxiously think that other people are always anxious around you, even when they're not, or that they are guided by anxiety to the same levels that you are. Uh, so I'm sorry for, yeah, sorry for anything I said that was con sounded contradictory. It might have been during the course of this last speech that I gave, but um, I hope that you benefited from it. And I think that I'm saying that I'm interested in how you grasping normalcy is you recognizing that normalcy is the name of the game and is not an impossibility, but it's like especiality or you separating yourself from people is is in line with you saying that normalcy isn't a possibility for you or isn't typical of conversations or relationships with people. Abnormalness for you is characterized by you seeing normalcy as atypical. But, uh, um, I hope that spoke to you and, and, um, end time. Bye.